12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's the Lockdown Radio. And in the next few minutes or so, we're going to take a look at our Shop Stewards Corner. Uh, you would recall that much of the relief measures uh, for many of those that are, are in employment and whose jobs might end at the end of COVID-19 or might come under some form of distress and strain. Uh, a lot of that support is coming through the Unemployment Insurance Fund, which is mandated uh, to provide this kind of relief. And uh, Minister of Employment and Labor, Tulas Nlesi, urged employers who are unable to pay full salaries for workers during this period to apply for the COVID-19 uh, uh, TERS benefit. And that's the uh, Temporary uh, Employment, I think... Uh, I'll have to find that acronym. And uh, Marco Songabtelezi will tell us, of course, he's the spokesperson of the Unemployment Insurance Fund. And uh, would love to hear your perspectives on this particular one. You might have applied for some of the relief that they provide. It might be the trainee layoff scheme. It might be uh, this particular one, the TRS, uh, that particular benefit. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, you can share with us some of your experiences. How did that pan out for you? And uh, Marco Songa is going to be joining us shortly uh, for that conversation. So uh, do give us a ring there on 089-110-3377. We also saw over the last day or so, uh, law enforcement officials uh, allegedly abusing citizens. We saw some video uh, footage there and uh, even the Minister of Defence uh, that uh, some of that is very recent. Uh, she could certainly see uh, uh, just by what they had provided to some of the armed forces that some of that was recent. I'd love to hear your perspectives. How does that look in your community? I remember getting a call uh, sometime last week uh, from one of our listeners in Cape Town who said, you better be ready uh, for uh, when uh, this deployment starts for some of the things that we've started to see here. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, certainly also some of the good stories. I mean, we've also seen instances where many of the armed forces have been rather helpful to uh, some of the senior citizens in our communities. We also know the Khoisan community, talking about communities, is outside the Union buildings, camping out there, and they've uh, grown a makeshift village there on the lawns of the Union buildings as part of the asylum protest to advance the cause of the Khoisan people in South Africa. I'd love to hear from you about some of those issues. Let us know. You can also tweet us on at MetroFMSA. Use the hashtag MetroFMTalk. We'll take a look uh, at uh, those stories and also catch up with the CEO uh, of FNB, Jacques Siliers, uh, just after 22, 9 p.m. in this hour. You don't want to miss it. 15 minutes it is after 8 p.m. in our Shop Stewards Corner this evening. And uh, we take a look at uh, the uh, relief measures uh, provided by the uh, Unemployment Insurance Fund through the Temporary Employer and Employee Relief Scheme. Yes, that's what that acronym stands for. And many other uh, measures such as the Trainee Layoff Scheme and, of course, the uh, measures that they provide uh, to uh, workers that are frictionally unemployed. And I'm joined on the line uh, to talk to us about uh, certainly what they've experienced over the last uh, few days or so. It's four days into the lockdown, uh, but uh, certainly the officers uh, would have been really busy even prior uh, to that particular lockdown. I'm joined by the spokesperson at the UIF, uh, Makwasong Ebtelez. Shenge, good evening to you, my brother, and welcome. Good evening, Ayabong, and good evening to your listeners. Let's maybe start off here, I guess, uh, you know, for some of the people who might not be familiar, this is a perfect opportunity to uh, uh, briefly speak about, uh, you know, some of the relief measures here as part of the mandate of the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Many of us might be familiar uh, with the UIF as something that we see on our pay slips every single month, uh, but uh, potentially you might not be aware of the, uh, you know, labor market activation role or even the 
relief role that is envisaged for the UIF uh, in its uh, governing uh, legislation. So maybe let's start off there and uh, then we can take a look at some of the other things that have happened uh, since uh, COVID-19 entered South Africa. Okay, thank you, Aya. Um, the Unemployment Insurance Fund, as we've already said, we don't only pay out the unemployment benefits and other benefits. We also have the labor activation program, uh, which basically seeks to reintegrate those unemployed uh, benefits back into the labor market. Uh, the big part of it really is uh, providing training or reskilling of the former UIF con- uh, contributors so that they can be employable, so that and those who don't want to go back to the labor market can start their own businesses. Mm. Uh, so basically that's what we have in terms of the labor activation programs. They, uh, we also have what we call uh, social responsible investments that we do through PIC, and with those investments, we invest in companies that are largely uh, involved in projects that benefit the uh, society. I'm would Edcon be an example of that? Would, would Edcon be an yeah, example of that? Um, yes, uh, hospitals, companies that build hospitals, investments in hospitals, companies that are, are involved in infrastructure, social infrastructure, um, um, what is the other thing? Accommodation, school accommodation, and Retail? also funding. Yes, and okay. also those that are involved in funding um, um, teacher institutions. Mm. So we do that as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. So basically, beyond the, the in, beyond the, the paying out of benefits, that's that's what the fund also sure, does. Sure, sure, sure. Now, now, I mean, a lot of these measures uh, are measures that predate COVID-19. Uh, it's only been something, uh, part of the interventions that the UIF ordinarily in undertaking its work would do. Uh, but I guess the big question yeah. here now is, uh, with all of this existing uh, infrastructure that you have, a lot of it really lending itself to face-to-face interaction for people to apply and even access the benefits, how have you done it now? Now that you're unable, I guess, to have walk-ins and uh, have the kind of contact that isn't allowed by the social distancing that uh, we've been now taught to practice? So with the current um, benefit, the COVID-19 benefit, you apply, uh, employers should apply for it online. Uh, Basically what they do, they send an email address. We've set up a dedicated email address, COVID-19 TERS, at labor.gov.za, once you uh, press the button there, there is an automated uh, response with uh, the, all, the whole information that you need to follow in terms of the processes, who qualifies, as well as some attachments in terms of the schedules, the information that we need to calculate uh, how much an employee should get from a distressed company. So. The start really is to go uh, and uh, put your request through the COVID-19 email address. So, yes, there is no personal contact. Everything you do it uh, online. Mm. And how many people have already used this particular platform at this point? I mean, we do know that uh, uh, the government announced even prior to the lockdown uh, 
uh, uh, the crucial role that the UIF would play uh, in the relief measures uh, as part of the national effort. How many people since some of those announcements have been made have uh, you know signed up on the website and uh, been able to access some of the support? Since we started uh, on the 27th, because we started to operate on the 27th, really. Of February? Uh, yeah, no, 27th, 27th of March, on Friday last week. You only started working on Friday? No, we started with the COVID-19, um, on, on, because remember the regulations were passed on the 26th by the minister. I see. So it okay. meant we couldn't start immediately, okay. so we had to wait until we start the, the, second, the following day on Friday. So it's difficult to put it down to numbers, but all I can tell you is that we've received a high volume of calls from the hotline that we've set up. So I think by the end of the week, we should be able to say we've sure. uh, so far received so many. Okay. Shange, let's pause there for a second and uh, take a brief spot break and invite some of our listeners to weigh in on our conversation. You might have a question for the UIF. Give us a ring. 89 I'd love to hear from you. You can also send through some of those tweets and we'll take a look. Uh, I'm in conversation with the spokesperson of the Unemployment Insurance Fund and that is Marco Songaptiles. We continue on the other side of this. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. And many of you making remarks about uh, the president's earlier address. Some of you suggesting it felt like one of the meetings where some of the things that were discussed could have been sent by email or uh, a simple statement would have uh, been sufficient. I, th- I guess people really expecting a much longer uh, address here from the president and maybe a lot more news. A lot of people were anticipating that there would be an extension of the lockdown in that particular address and uh, I mean four days in probably a bit too early to uh, start seeing the impact of uh, the lockdown and whether or not uh, our compliance with those provisions would require an extension uh, of uh, uh, that uh, cessation of mobility and uh, all of those restrictions on the movements of all and sundry but let us know how that uh, lockdown is going for you give us a ring there on 089-110-3377 have you stocked up on all of those vices have uh, uh, you run out already? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know. You can also send through some of those tweets as well. In conversation now uh, in our uh, Shop Stewards Corner with the Unemployment Insurance Fund. And uh, as many of uh, our listeners would be familiar with, uh, they're certainly going to play a crucial role at this point. And uh, uh, Usheng already saying to us that uh, they've uh, received many, many calls uh, from uh, the working public. And uh, maybe, Marco Songa, I mean, I'd love to hear from you um, if, if you try and make sense of some of the calls you've received since the tail end of last week. Uh, you know, uh, wh- what are most people calling you about? Um, basically, it's about uh, how do you qualify and uh, how much uh, is the UIF going to pay? How long does it take? And, uh, yeah, and then we've been getting general questions then from the workers whose employers have uh, refused to uh, apply for the um, tariffs on their behalf or reduced work time on their behalf. They've just been told, go home, no work, no pay. So we're getting very... uh, Some of the calls are not even related to UIF mm. or food parcels and all that, yeah. Yeah, and and I, I guess from where you're sitting, uh, you know, you'll be asking your, yourselves um, how best with the other entities within the state that you should be working alongside and providing relief to employers and even employees alike. Um, you know, 
what would your perspective be on how you've been able to collaborate? I know you would probably mark yourself and give yourself an A, but uh, just judging, I guess, by uh, the quanta of calls you've received and even some of the things that people are asking about, uh, surely you would also admit that there, there must have been some shortcomings uh, in the process of communicating what is on offer and the kind of relief that can be extended to people. Yeah, no, I think so. And uh, particularly in giving uh, the details about the how. Mm. Uh, We're saying we've got tariffs and all that, but we haven't really gone into details as to uh, the qualifying criteria and how to go about uh, the applications. I mean, for example, um, you get uh, calls from the small business, the informal sector, they want to know if they can uh, access uh, this uh, benefit scheme. And we know that from the Department of Small Business, there is uh, some that have been set aside that are meant to benefit uh, small business, puzzle shops, and so forth. And uh, on the other hand, you also have uh, IDC. Mm. They also have a package that uh, they have for businesses. So uh, I guess for somebody who is outside of the system, hearing all these assistance here, assistance there, mm. they kind of try to find out where do I fit in, you sure. know? And we also get a whole lot of people who are saying, well, I work for myself, I'm a freelancer, uh, how can I qualify and mm. so forth? So I think the space has not been um, enough for us to sure. really go in and explain but these interviews they yeah, really help yeah. us in talk to me briefly about that clarifying for, talk to me briefly about that for freelancers and casual workers um you know i might be working flexi time in the retail sector as a packer as a merchandiser or i might be a freelancer who uh, you know works on the basis of gigs i mean many of my colleagues here at metro fm uh, you know, work on that basis. Uh, they work on the weekends and during the week and, uh, you know, a very precarious kind of income stream there. Uh, wh- what kind of support do you extend to those people and uh, what um, documents and what kind of evidence would they have to give to you to be able to tap into this relief? Well, we're saying uh, what what really matters is, or what we're looking at is the biggest thing is the first thing you qualify if you contribute. Mm. to the UIF. Now, if you look at the freelancers and them are not covered by the fund as it is ordinarily, you know, and uh, that is the third thing. And I think there is a conversation that started, uh, I think, sometime last year, or if not early this year, where the minister was saying, you know, we should start looking to extend the benefit to the freelancers and so forth. But for now, talking about this benefit, unfortunately, um, they won't qualify because uh, they are freelancing. There is no solid uh, relationship between an employer and an employee because uh, we look at that coming as the UIF. There should be somebody who is employed mm. by an employee for 24 hours. Even in so instances now where freelancer. they make contributions. I mean, surely, you know, as a freelancer, you would work for different kinds of entities. Some entities would want to pay over, pay as you earn and UIF on your behalf. And some of them would say, you know, you, you go do it yourself. I'm just giving you this kind of work. In instances where people have had some of this money paid over at some point in their working life, would they still not be able to access these benefits? Look, if they have paid UIF at some point in their working life, obviously we do have their records on our database, on mm. our system. And that would mean they would have accumulated what we call some credits, okay. which we use to 
determine how much we have to pay for you. So if that is the case, then they can apply for the reduced work time benefit, okay. uh, not for the bigger COVID-19 uh, relief scheme. Because that is for uh, companies or employers that have work uh, employees who are 10 and above. For anything below that, we encourage that uh, those employees must apply for the reduced work time benefit mm. that already exists at the UIF. Okay. And um, I need to quickly go to the packers. Usually packers have a contract. They've yes. been employed by somebody. So that they would naturally uh, um, qualify okay. for uh, benefits. Talk to me about how long this process takes. Uh, I think many people listening in would be asking themselves, I apply and I'm Sanje. What then happens over the you know coming days? How long would it take for me to, to receive the, the monetary support? The turnaround time with ourselves is uh, 10 days. Okay. It could be quicker than that because we also wrote in, I'm sure you've heard about stories that you are so slow, the process at UIF and so forth. Mm, now, we anticipate, yes, mm. we anticipate big numbers this time. You have, if you, I'm sure you have heard that big companies such as your SA Express, they also considering applying for this. Now, what we are we have done is we have uh, established some relationships with, for example, bargaining councils. One of them being the bargaining council in the uh, clothing and footwear industry, where mm-hmm. we are saying uh, instead of your members coming to UIF and Marseille, it's better if we work through the bargaining council. We you will coordinate on behalf of your members, you will send them to us, you will tell us we need so much money mm. we need one million as an example So it's like batch right. processing of, of all of these applications Come again? So it's like batch processing so you take all of them as yes, one Yes, yes. Okay. All of them as one mm. and then with obviously with all the information that we want we transfer that money to the bargaining council so that we speed the process we also, some of the banks have also shown an interest in assisting us, uh, almost going the same way. Uh, the banks that we already have relationship with and uh, our clients' banks with them. So it's a matter of um, their company making an application mm. to UIF, giving us the information that we want so that we can calculate what we need to give sure. to the employees and then they get the money through the bank. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in conversation with uh, Marco Songebtelezi and uh, Ushenga speaks on behalf of the Unemployment Insurance Fund. I'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Uh, some of you are already sending through your tweets there and I guess uh, that question uh, Marco Songa has answered there from Monrabi who was asking about uh, a turnaround time in, ap- in applying and processing the funds. And uh, But I'd love to hear from you. Uh, do give us a ring 089-110-3377. You might have had an experience uh, with the Unemployment Insurance Fund in the recent while. And no more manual applications are allowed or in-person applications. So much of this happening uh, online and over the phone. Let us know what uh, some of your experiences have been. And uh, uh, I guess, Shanga, the other question is we know many workers are not covered by, uh, you know, trade unions or, or even any bargaining uh, councils per se. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about domestic workers, farm workers and many others who might not have access to centralized or even collective bargaining. And so that wouldn't be a channel uh, of, of some form of s- extending support towards them. Uh, h- how do you reach them? I mean, uh, many of them are fully aware that they might not be technologi- 
technologically savvy as, as maybe other workers, uh, but also they might have some barriers and challenges in being able to navigate a digital process rather than you know uh, a manual face-to-face interactive process in your offices, which is not possible now. Yeah, true. We've already had uh, those queries, and we are. That's where now the employers have to come in and assist, uh, because in any case, the process of application has to be initiated by the employer instead of the employees, but mm-hmm. they have the information that we want in terms of the rate, uh, the salaries, how much people are um, rate do they rate per hour, and so forth. When did they start working, and so forth. So in such instances where the um, the employees are less than ten uh, or domestic worker, as you 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 made an example, then the employer, me as an employer, will have to then uh, apply for the reduced work time on on behalf of my employee and uh, fill out the necessary form. The one main form being the UI19 and the other forms, and the process is outlined. On the Department of Labor, uh, Department of Labor website for electronic application. So the employer here, even with uh, the COVID uh, relief scheme, the employer plays a very, very huge role. Mm. And uh, we have been saying to some of the um, queries that have been coming through to say the employers need not to say to the employees, "No, go home." With no work, no pay, I won't be able to pay because we do have these benefits. So they are the ones who should take the initiative, the employers, and um, assist their employees to apply for COVID if they mm. qualify for COVID or apply for the reduced work yeah. time. Do, do you help employers here? I mean, with the process? Because I'm thinking about it, if I'm a, if I'm a mechanic and I own uh, a small operation and I pay UIF every single month, uh, you know, I might not be able uh, to... Uh, yeah. be very au fait with a, a very admin intense and a very sort of digitized process now because I, I see employers would have to go to your we- uh, to your email address covid19trs at labor.gov.za and send through the things yeah. there. But, I mean, if I think about it now, yes, I might have some downtime, I might be at home, but I will need some hand-holding in the process in order for me to complete it for my workers. Oh, yeah, we do have a hotline uh, which was specifically established for uh, this. Uh, it, it's 012337 uh, 1997. That, that hotline is for assisting employers who are having difficulty, you know, with all these uh, maybe uh, complicated forms and processes. So they can call, and we've got agents who can assist them and take them through the process. Mm. Shenge, thank you very much for your time and yep. maybe just the last one here if you can uh, share with us once again uh, how people uh, get hold not only of the hotline but also the website and uh, the email address where they can uh, send through their inquiries their applications and even uh, kickstart the process of being able to access the relief you have on offer here Okay, the first uh, thing is to go on to um, make a request if they want to apply for the uh, uh, COVID uh, relief is to send an email to COVID-19 GERS at labor.gov.za and they can also call a hotline which is 012-337-1997 but we are saying there are also guidelines on the Department of Labor website. There's an easy aid guide for COVID-19 
tariff uh, benefit. There's also a guideline for submitting the electronic uh, claims, be it for the illness benefit, the reduced work time benefit, which are applicable at this moment. And the website is www.labor.gov.za. Mm. Before we let you go, Bafa, I mean, what, what kind of evidence uh, and documentary evidence do you expect from people here? Because I, I guess with the COVID one, you'll have to prove that uh, uh, the downtime or the loss of production time or loss of revenue uh, can be directly attributable to COVID-19. How do you prove that? Yeah, so true, because what you said is exactly what we are looking for. You need to, as part of the filling out the forms, you need to put, to state that. And we also have, uh, you are also obliged to sign an MOU uh, with the fund. It's part of the process. And uh, other things administrative, such as when you apply on behalf of a company, you obviously need to give us a letter of authority from that company. And lastly, they are on the automated email, you'll see there's attachments where there's um, templates that you need to complete for your uh, employees. Uh, there's information such as bank statement, when did they start, their work history, and so forth. Mm. So uh, we definitely need to have proof as part of the application process that you are applying for COVID-19 as a COVID-19 scheme as a result of a, a lockdown. Okay. Shanga? Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Thank you, Bam. And uh, we'll certainly, over this period, keep on reaching out to you uh, because the URF is a critical institution in the national effort here. So we'll certainly reach out to you once again. That there was uh, Marco Songabtelezi. He speaks on behalf of the Unemployment Insurance Fund speaking to us this evening here for our Shop Stewards Corner.